Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Thanks for listening to Primetime with Isaac and Souk On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Service Patriots is your home for comfort solutions for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. This is the week that splits families in half. Some of the relationships that I built through playing football at a university like this, it just reaffirmed to me why I wanted to do this. Right, we've been making deposits. Today you cast checks. This is the week that splits the platypus in half. This is a Rivalry Week edition of Primetime with Isaac and Sue. Brought to you by P.G. Long, your Northwest flooring experts. Online at pglongllc.com. It's Rivalry Week with Isaac and Sue on 1080. (laughs) The Fan. Well, ahoy, you fine people of Portland. A happy uh, Thanksgiving Eve to you. And big a voice guy there, Vic Orlando. Yet at half right, it is a Rivalry Week show, but we're down a rop. I'm flying solo today, but don't worry. I got Schultze on the other side of the glass with me. I think we're the only two people left in the building, Schultze. Uh, quite possibly. Happy hump day to you. What's up, sports fans? Uh, happy Thanksgiving Eve. Well, they, sh- eerie. they shut down the, the, the office at noon today. We got the email yesterday from our fearless leader, Kim. And uh, I was talking to her last night on the way out because uh, they were being held hostage. There was a naked man uh, in the parking lot apparently threatening people with a machete. What? So that was fun. Yeah, I get a text last night at about 6.50 that says, hey, come by the kitchen before you leave. And that's there's two ways out of our building. This was from Kim, our boss. And I was like, well, I have to go out that way anywhere. That's where my car's parked. So I go out there. Apparently, there was a, uh, there was a homeless gentleman. I'm assuming he's homeless. Uh, and apparently, he was ranting and raving about a, ma- ma- like, it just, you know, whatever. And he had a machete. And so they called the police. And the police showed up and were like, no, nah, we know that guy. He's cool. <laughs> He's cool. Yeah, I guess they called the cops, and like an hour later, the cops roll in. And I guess he's like a known man. Well, you know, because like I told you, there's levels to the homeless, right? You're not wrong. Yeah, and like apparently this guy's like one of like the go-getter homeless. Like he's known, he's known about, and uh, you know, he's got some, he's got some issues. I think they said uh, he's a veteran. It's like a PTSD thing, and so it's it's really sad. But I guess. He's like a known commodity, and they're like, no, he's not dangerous. And I guess the machete, had uh, he had ditched it at that point. So then they just, they left. So just a naked dude. Well, he was. it's not a threat. He was clothed at the time. Oh. And so then after they left, apparently he geared down. And at that point, then he was just a weird naked man out in the the parking lot. Which is very Portland and not, that's pretty normal, I think, for a Portland day. Yeah. So uh, so I was talking to Kim and I was like, well, is he out there now? Because there were people that didn't necessarily want to like walk to their car. And so I, I do appreciate the fact that apparently they were waiting for me to come out. So I'm, I'm glad to know that, like, hey, if there is going to be a weird, naked, homeless man, let's let Suk encounter him. I'm glad to see that I'm finally paying dividends after 20 years at the station. Just like, hide behind you. Yeah, like, you go out there and you see what happens. And let me, like, fighting a naked man is not good. Like, you never want to confront a naked man. He immediately has the advantage over you. 
there's nothing to grab. And if there is something to grab, you don't want to be touching that. It's just, it's, it's all bad. That is actually, I've always said, like, if I were like, truly, I don't want to fight anybody, but if I'm going to get in a fight, I will just strip my clothes off and I will go <laughs> naked and it's like, Hey, you want to go? It's Let's an, go, buddy. I'm crazy. It's an advantage. Right. It really is. Good but luckily, uh, I did not, there was no, uh, there's no interaction. Naked homeless guy, we're, we're good. There was nothing. Whew. But I did appreciate the fact that the cops rolled up and were like, oh, no, he's cool. <laughs> like, what? So this is like on their list of priorities. For us, it's like, oh, my God, this is bad. For them, they're like, yeah, this is like the 25th worst thing we've dealt with today. I feel like naked, uh, well, again, to be fair, not naked at the time. Okay. Homeless dude yelling machete apparently is not high on the list. Especially like when they, I just like that they have like a book. They're like, nah, nah, this guy's cool. He's, he's, he's fine. So like that, that happened. So Kim, anyway, Kim told me, she's like, hey, but like, wait, no one's coming in tomorrow. And I'm like, well, I have to come in. And she's like, well, you have to come in. No one else is. So I rolled up today about two o'clock and there is no one here other than Danny Dusty Rust. I don't even think Schultz, Schultz was here. And so I, I walked. No, I got here early just because of traffic today. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I open the door and I see Rob and normally the, Rob was here at two o'clock and which surprised me a little bit because I'm always here before Rob. Rob kind of Vince Lombardi's this sucker, especially on a holiday show leading into because we got no show Thursday, little turkey day and the no show Friday because of uh, the Civil War. Right. Right here on Tended to the Fan. Pre-game starts at. God, I'm assuming way, uh, we way got early. a game day at one, day. and then of course we actually have a little coverage starting before that. So yeah. tune in, I believe, at 11, 11. At 10:80. So I figure like it, it's a little weird that I see Rop at two o'clock. I'm like, wow, he's he's here early. But as I'm walking in the door, Rop is leaving. He's he's checking out, and I'm like, oh boy, is like his naked crazy guy? Did he infiltrate the building? Do we have naked homeless machete? Because Rop's got a pep in his step, right? He's he's leaving with a purpose, and I was like. Hey, man, are you okay? And he looks right at me, and I swear to God, stares right in my eyes and goes, I can't do this. He goes, I'm sorry, I can't do this. And I, I got I got nervous for a second. I was like, what What do you mean you can't do this? Like, are you talking about the like the, the show? Is like, this the opportunity I've been waiting for? Yeah, Schultz, he's in the background <laughs> like John Lovitz. He's losing his mind, and I'm reaping all the rewards. Like, he, that's all he said to me. And I was like, oh, my God. So I was like, are, are you okay? And the next words out of his mouth. And some people can say that this is like you're just you're bailing early and it's a holiday weekend. I saw fear in that man's eyes. He looked right at me after saying, I can't do this. I'm sorry. And he just looked right at me in my eyes and they were hollow, like a shark's eyes, like a doll's eyes, like jaws, just that glossy look. And he says, I can't stay off the toilet. <laughs> That's. And, and I didn't know what to say. I was like, yeah, it's like, I'm sorry. And he goes, he just, he goes, I'm sorry. And he says, happy Thanksgiving. And then walks out. And I think the fear in his eyes is he probably has a 20 minute drive home. You know, a lot of holiday traffic out there. I'm not certain that he's comfortable believing that that's going to be an uneventful ride. Well, that could 20, like today's traffic added on, could make it turn into a 30 or 40 minute drive. Oh my God. And, and I mean, like, you know, essing your pants, that's tough to come back from. You puke in front of everybody. It's it's like, okay, it's whatever, it happens. But mm, mud butt in front of everybody or just in public, that is really tough to come back from. So, I mean, I can't say that in the, the 20 years that we've been we've been together, I'm not certain that I've seen the 
the the right before the show bail. Like normally, like you wake up in the morning, it's like, hey, I'm not feeling so good, but. And he was here, and he was like, he was dressed, you know, look, look sharp. I was, you know, he was clearly ready to go. Oh yeah, he came into the the studio where I was, and he was just like Schultzy, and he wouldn't even walk into the room. He's like, I, I don't want to give this to you. It was, oh, the the look of fear in a grown man's eyes when you see fear like that, you know something's up. Yeah, and and that was honestly one of those two where, like, at that point, you're right. It's like dealing with it. It was very similar to me dealing with the naked homeless guy. Like when I walked outside and saw a naked homeless guy. Like you start to, you just, you create like barriers. There's space. You just slowly start to back up. It's like an encountering like a cougar, like out in the wild. You're like, whoa, big fella. We're okay. No sudden movements. Your hands go up in the air. You start to slowly back away. Like we're on the the precipice of the biggest eating day of the year. And I've got my co-host being like, I can't stay off the toilet. I want nothing to do with that. So quite frankly, I'm a little nervous now because we're we're sitting in this room together, sitting in this closet together for four hours a day. I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared. What happens if I wake up tomorrow and and down I go? I mean, I got I got food to eat. I got drinks to be had. That is the worst day to be sick. Like Super Bowl Sunday or Thanksgiving or Christmas. Like top three. It, it just sucks. Any yeah. of those days. Well, I mean, Thanksgiving. Actually, you know, the day tonight. Actually, the day before Thanksgiving. This is the biggest drinking day of the year. Yes. No bars are always open. And isn't it the uh, one of the biggest? Actually, the second biggest pizza delivery day of the year as well. Because Super Bowl Sunday is always the biggest. But yeah, nobody wants to cook tonight. So everybody's no. drinking and they're eating pizza. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because like this is kind of the calm before the storm exactly. when then everyone gets together with family and then they all hate each other and they bitch and moan. And, you know, it's kind of a miserable uh, sort of day, which is why you drink today and then leading into tomorrow. So wake see, waking up with a hangover on Thanksgiving, though, that just sounds like ass. That well, sounds terrible to me. And you got to remember, there's a lot of lonely people as well. Oh, you're. Ooh, I'm all right. I'm a jerk. I'll, I'll, all right. Sorry. Sorry. All you lonely people keep drinking, man. Got to find something that makes you happy. Well, if you've never been if you've never been to like a bar on a holiday. Um, oh, I have. It, it's it's kind of it's I'm not here to judge anyone. But when you walk into a bar or I spent a New Year's Eve for like 45 minutes one at a Hooters and it was literally the saddest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I was meeting someone at a, at a date on, on New Year's Eve and she was like, hey, we'll meet up at like nine o'clock. I was like, cool. And so I didn't I wasn't going to go home after the show. And so I had like I had like an hour, hour and a half to kill and you'd be amazed at how few things are open on New Year's Eve. Like bars are shutting down left and right, or a lot of places had uh, ticketed, you know, parties. So I was like, well, gosh. So I was like in the Jansen Beach area, and I was like, oh, well, there's a Hooters. I haven't been to a Hooters in 20 years. And so I wandered into that Hooters. Oh, my gosh. It was the saddest collection of human beings. It was like the the island of misfit toys that had nowhere else to go on New Year's Eve. And I just felt so so bad for the people working. Trust me, it was not the A shift. It was. I was gonna ask if this was like the Tuesday afternoon type of dude, you know, this early was, afternoon type of shift. This was rough. Ooh. It was a rough go all the way around, and just a lot of lonely, lonely men sitting around that. And I'm assuming like Thanksgiving or Christmas, it's the same sort of vibe. Like it's those people. Like when you head out, either that or like on Christmas, a lot of Jewish people. <laughs> like Mike Lynch always talked about that, that he loved Christmas because they could go out and they would go eat Chinese food and go to the movies. And nobody was, uh, yeah, yeah, doing anything, yeah. But for the most part, <laughs> holidays out at bars and whatnot, it's it's kind of sad. But today is the biggest drinking day of the year, so 
hoist a glass uh, to all our friends and loved ones and all that you have to be thankful for. And uh, you know what? While we're doing it, why don't we throw one up for Isaac Robb, too? Yeah, hoist I, a, I, I feel bad for him. Hoist a glass of Pepto Bismol for that guy. Hoist a glass uh, for Pepto. We got a busy, uh, we got a busy show today, though. We got Hugh Offale of uh, Alan A will join us at three thirty. Talk about uh, the lines coming up. We got obviously a big day of NFL tomorrow. We got all the rivalry games coming up this weekend, and then four o'clock. Dan Lanning. We got to cram everything into one day today because this is our last day um, of the of the the week here. So we got Hugh at 3.30. We'll do Dan Lanning, who normally joins us tomorrow. He'll get with us today, normal time, 4 o'clock. And then Joey Harrington, who's normally on on Fridays at 5.30, he will now join us at 5.30 today. So Lanning and uh, Harrington, both at their normal times, just abnormal days. And, uh, and then, of course, we'll get into the club. We'll talk about uh, some fun little things happening out there right now, including Jim Irsay. In fact, we'll probably talk about Jim Irsay, like, right now. There's so much going on. Oh, and we got some Jonathan Smith news. So, actually, there is a lot going on. Uh, full show today, 3 to 7. We got you here. So, if you're stuck in traffic, if you're driving around, getting ready to go see some relatives, we got you covered here. Pouring out for Rob when we come back. Uh, we'll get into some Jim Irsay stuff because apparently um, not enough people have sympathy for white billionaires. This according to Jim. You got primetime right here on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Rivalry Week on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. Brought to you by P.G. Long. On 1080 The Fan. A little Hall and Oates for you there. Apparently, we have a Hall and Oates story in the uh, the club. Oh, I'll bring that one your way. And we got some legal matters going on. Speaking of legal matters, old uh, Jim Ursay apparently has stepped in it. Um, if you don't know Jim Ursay, he's the uh, well, I shouldn't say just drunken, pilled out buffoon. Otherwise, he may sue me. Uh, he's the alleged drunken, pilled out buffoon that owns the Indianapolis Colts, one of the more outspoken um, NFL owners. Uh, certainly not afraid to speak his mind. So apparently Jim Jim Ursay went on uh, HBO Sports uh, last night. Now, I thought HBO Real Sports was shutting down, so maybe this was either something different or maybe this was one of their last episodes because HBO Real Sports isn't going to continue going forward. So this may have been 
kind of the end of it. I did not see this. In fact, I woke up to it and I was like, what? He's on HBO Sports. But I guess he gave a long-ranging interview uh, to HBO Sports and it aired last night. And if you don't know, back in 2014, Jim Irsay got caught with a with a Dewey, right? And that was the one where he was supposedly on a bunch of pills. And he pled guilty to it and moved on. And that stigma has followed him around. A lot of people think that Ursay, you know, when he gives interviews sometimes, he's got the red face, the red nose, you know, can be a little out there. So a lot of people have uh, suggested that maybe Jim's got a problem or two over the years. And according to Jim Ursay, that is not true. According to Jim Ursay, his DUI was total horse nears. Now, they did ask why he pled guilty, and he said just to get it over with, right? He just wanted it done, but he does not believe that he was rightfully pulled over. And I can't say that I've heard an excuse this good, maybe in my entire life. Although that Ethan Couch kid, he did the influenza. That was the kid that got all hammered. He was like 15, got hammered, and ran down a bunch of people, killed a couple people driving like in his dad's truck while drunk, underage. And said because of his affluent upbringing, he uh, he did not know better. Yes, they said that he did not know right from wrong. And by the way, that worked. So that's maybe the excuse number one of all excuses, but this is pretty good. Because Jim Irsay claims that he was pulled over because of prejudice. And you might ask yourself, well, why is Jim Irsay claiming prejudice? This is his own word. I am prejudiced against because I am a rich white billionaire. He said, if I'm just the average guy down the block, they're not pulling me in. Of course not. When asked how his assertion was going to be received, he said, I don't care what it sounds like. It's the truth. I could give a damn what people think, uh, how anything sounds or sounds like. The truth is the truth, and I know the truth. Yeah. (laughs) He's claiming that the arrest was wrong because when Ursay got pulled over, they said that uh, he was... He was slurring his words. He had a trouble walking uh, any of the the lines in the field sobriety test. And Ursay claims that the arrest was wrong. He said he had just had hip surgery and he'd been in the car for 45 minutes. And they asked me to walk the line. Are you kidding me? I can barely walk at all. Ursay was asked by HBO Sports to clarify his assertion that he failed the field sobriety test because of the hip surgery, not because he was under the influence. And he says, yes, I mean, I'm not saying that. It's a fact, he responded. So Jim Ursay is claiming that he failed the field sobriety test, not because he was pilled out or not because he was on booze, because he was sitting in his car after hip surgery, and he claims that he only got pulled over because he's a rich white billionaire. Mm, I mean, you go back and you look and you see that he had, I understand he's talking about trying to walk a line, but there were other tests that he was given as a part of those field sobriety tests. There there were multiple instances where it was obvious, at least reading uh, these reports, that he was sauced or, or pilled up, whatever rich, you want to say. white, you know what, in this country, we just, we never give any breaks to the rich white billionaires. Often as I'm driving around and I think about marginalized groups because you know it's all about marginalized groups now oh totally yeah you have to have it who like, is the biggest victim yes yeah. i mean that is that does seem to be like if you're making a disney movie yeah it's very important we have to make sure that all groups are represented commercials her, all groups represented and make her lame and uh boy i'll tell you what the one marginalized group that we just don't think enough about is rich white billionaires just the unfair treatment they get I'm sure this plays real well in the African-American community. Because they're like, yeah, we may get pulled over disproportionately, but what about those rich white billionaires driving around in those Rolls Royces? Yep. 
He had a bunch of pills that weren't even in a labeled <laughs> bottle, Souk. Like, what the hell? This has nothing to do with your status. Now, if this I, were Ursay speeding, sure. If you're going down the road, going 100 in a Lamborghini, yeah, cops are always going to pull you over. However, what you were claiming is because you are rich and because of your skin color, they looked in the car and they saw you and said, oh, you know what? That guy. Not because you were swerving. Not because as soon as they pulled up to you and then you rolled down the window. You know, rich white okay. They saw Come on. They saw a rich white billionaire God. and said, "Listen here, buddy, taking you in." You know, often I one of my one of my very good friends is a state trooper up in uh, in Washington. So he yeah. just he pulls people over for a living. By the way, set the record for DUI arrests last year. Well, good for him. He is. He's like the Patrick Mahomes of DUI arresters. But now, now I know that he's only making those arrests. Because, like, I think like seventy percent of those are rich white billionaires. I think that's all he, he does. He just drives around and looks for rich white billionaires. He's like, listen here, you son of a bitch. I'm going to take you down a peg. By the way, it gets better. So obviously this becomes a topic of conversation. So apparently on first take with uh, Stephen A. Smith and, and the crew, they were talking about it. And apparently Jim Ursay didn't like that either. So Jim was drinking apparently when he was doing the HBO uh, interview. And my um, guess is he's been drinking or, or he's taking pills again because he goes on a Twitter rant. So this is Jim Ursay a couple hours ago after seeing the ESPN first take and company go after him. He says, first take, you're going to get your ass sued because there was no alcohol. By the way, no in capital letters. There was no illegal drugs. There were pills. Some of those pills, by the way, weren't prescribed to you. Now, he did have $29,000 on him at the time. But he says that $29,000 is low for me to be carrying. In 2014, the arrest... I give away $2,000 to $10,000 to the homies and need it on the street all the time, passing on, making the world better. Heart emoji. He then goes on to say that his grandparents came across Ellis Island with just the shirt on their backs, penniless, and escaping Jewish concentration camps. Got to play that card. It's important. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to throw your race in there somehow. Says, grew up in a horrible home where both my brother and my sister died in a car crash in 1971. So he's playing... Grandparents' concentration camps and the dead brother and sister. I like it. He said, I worked for my living and he bought 30% of the Colts on a bank loan. And first take, the woman that preceded Stephen A., how dare you pretend to know me? I don't know your name and I don't care to. Angry red face. If my black mother, Dorothy, (laughs) was still alive, you'd be in some big hot water. You are mean and ugly and you're a nothing burger. Oh, wow. Frowny face. Billionaires can, uh, I guess billionaires can get away with saying that stuff on Twitter, right? Because otherwise you'd just be canceled immediately. And then he says, Dorothy Bloodsaw was my black mom. She carried me in the house in Lincolnwood, Illinois in 1959, June, and raised me in the light of Christ, praying hands. Uh, I would be dead if not for her unconditional love. She showed me that Jesus was my savior, praying hands, uh, love, owe everything to her. So I'm guessing that that because uh, Jim Ursay does not have a black mother, I'm guessing this was just a woman that was raising him. Uh, I would, I'm assuming. I would assume. But I do appreciate that uh, it's not his mom; it's his black mom. So we do now have we have. Uh, I came from nothing. Jewish concentration camp grandparents, uh, black mother, and then he hands out two to ten thousand dollars a day to the homies on the street because he passes it along, and he bought the Colts on a bank loan. I feel like I've heard him making that comment before about <laughs> handing money out. Like, he's he's totally upped himself for that in the past. Dude, this is unbelievable. God. Oh, and we forgot that he was pulled over, not because he was swerving or speeding or anything, or that he was on pills that weren't prescribed to him. No, no, no. That he was a rich white billionaire was being singled out. Dude, that is unbelievable. 
believable. And yet it's totally believable because it's Jim Ursay. Like if you thought there was no way that Jim Ursay could out Ursay himself, he just did it. You just played every sympathetic card that you could possibly play, except for the one that you should never play, and that is I'm a rich white billionaire. To rich white billionaires ev- everywhere, no one wants to hear it. A couple more missteps like this from him, I could see the uh, league's fans starting to like want a Dan Snyder type of situation with this guy. It's not nearly there's you know there were just many more gross, disgusting allegations that were proven against Daniel Snyder. But when you make comments like this, there's obviously other stuff going on. I I, I want to peek a little deeper into that closet of Jim Mercedes and see what the hell else <laughs> is under the rug in Indianapolis. And uh, yeah, Vancouver Ford text line, Suki, you should ask your former neighbor about the plight that he experienced the last several years that is true because my my neighbor uh is now a billionaire my old neighbor in in the center henry he is now a billionaire he owns zoom info and oh wow i would like to ask him if he has been pulled over uh more recently just now that uh well and i think he's got uh he's got a little ethnic blood in him so he may be spared because i don't think he's full white so i'm not certain that he has faced the true prejudice that jim ursay faces on a day-to-day basis as a rich white billionaire. But I know me, as a middle-class white guy, I'll tell you what, I got it rough out here in these streets. You wouldn't believe it. it. used to be back in the day, I could do whatever I wanted. Everyone had to listen to me. I could just bully everyone. And now all of a sudden, like, other people have a voice. And, you know, it's not just my opinion. You know, it's really disappointing. I really don't like the way this country is going. And what world are we living in where I can aspire to be a rich white billionaire and get all the privilege? Isn't that why we work as middle-class white men? So that we can become rich white billionaires and do whatever we want and buy our way out of any problem? And now Jim Mercer is telling me that that dream is dead? I can no longer, with a billion dollars, I can't buy my way out of anything? What's the point? I'm disillusioned now. What's the point? What's even the point anymore? I don't want to go on. My dad. Was I don't even a, want to go on. My dad was a police officer for almost thirty years, and I, oh gosh, each day I remember him talking about the plight of the rich white billionaire when he came home. You know, every time, do- every time he pulled one over, and they they would lament just like Jim Irsay did about how hard their life is. Just man, sucks, Duke. I don't even want to be rich anymore, man. <laughs> I don't even want to be rich. Apparently, uh, me uh, down here on the lower end of the uh, income spectrum, I'm doing all right, right? Because there's no reason to discriminate against me. No. Essentially, is what Ursay's no, saying. Dude, you, at this point, you can do whatever the hell you want. All right, cool. Look, I'm, I'm going to join Naked Machete Guy out in the parking yeah, lot. That guy is, it out. Have some fun. That guy didn't get arrested. Jim Ursay did. Huh? <laughs> I'm with Jim Ursay on this one. Me and Team Team Ursay. Oh, my God. God bless uh, rich white billionaires everywhere. All right, we come back. Hugh Awful, the uh, book manager up there at the A Sports uh, Book and Casino, will join us and we'll talk a little gambling when we come back. Here, though, is Schultze with SportsCenter. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rivalry Week on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. Brought to you by P.G. Long. On 1080 The Fan. Got a big weekend of football coming up. 
Uh, that is the the great part about Thanksgiving. I mean, we got college games. We got a really good NFL slate. We've got a Black Friday game for the first time in the NFL. So, so much to talk about when it comes to uh, putting a little juice on these games. And what better man to bring on than our friend Hugh Offel for a segment we like to call Hugh Betcha. He joins us each and every week. He is the uh, manager up there at the uh, sportsbook at the A&A Casino. Hugh, you got me. I got you. Sounds good. We're down to Rob today, though. Rob is uh, Rob. Rob's down and out. He's uh, he's not feeling so good. Yeah, that happens this time of year when the temperature starts fluctuating a little bit and it gets uh, kind of gross out. That's what it can do to us. Yeah, right before Thanksgiving, though, you do not want to have stomach issues oh, no. right before Thanksgiving. No, no, absolutely what, not. What's uh, what's on the hue play for Thanksgiving? Working. I'm gonna be here. <laughs> enjoying all the games and doing what we got to do and being able to, you know, serve up a bunch of uh, good bets and, and, and keep everything going. Yeah. But that, that's all right. It's pretty much normal. I've gotten used to it. I was going to say, you probably don't get a lot of holidays off. Do you? No, I did very, very, very few. I mean, it, it, once in a while, if they, if Christmas falls on the right day, but you know, it, typically no, no holidays. <laughs> every day's every day's another day. And, and, uh, but that's all right. You know, usually on our uh, on the calendar of the sports calendar and everything that's going on during the holidays, it is uh, a really good time. Like you were saying, you know, just just lots of good games coming up and uh, rivalry week and and uh, the NFL game on Friday. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, and I'm sure people, if you're looking for something to do or you don't have family plans or you just get tired of your family cruising up to a and I'm sure you guys got all kinds <laughs> of stuff going down. Absolutely. This is the place to be. All right, so uh, I know we've been talking about I'm going to jump right in because it's it's four weeks in a row now, Hugh, and I'm telling you, I can't get enough of it. This is like I have not been hooked on a bet since Ravens preseason football. <laughs> like, I just I can't help myself. And it finally bucked me off this year. The Ravens finally lost in, in the preseason. But, like, I'll go on runs where I just I can't help but bet it. I have hit now for the last four weeks Iowa's under. And they just <laughs> – they keep dropping it, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I just, I, it can't get any lower. It's it, like it from from thirty to twenty nine to twenty eight. You, it's twenty six and a half. It's Iowa. It's twenty six and a half. We've never seen it in a college football game ever. And just and just to tell you, it went down to twenty six now. Oh my god! Uh, I, you know, I, <laughs> talk it me is, out of it, Hugh. Talk me out of it. Uh, you know, I hate betting under, but <laughs> at this point, if you've watched Iowa's offense. How their records, what it is, <laughs> my goodness! I could, I just defensively they can do good things, but I don't know. You know, I just don't know that they're even going to hit the twenty six mark uh, <laughs> this week. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> it's the it's the worst football that I can't stop watching. They're nine and two yeah. and are going to play for the Big Ten yes. championship, and yet they keep setting records for the over under. I don't want to take it at twenty six, but I don't have a choice at this point. I'm just. I have to just hold my nose and do it. I, again, I'm I'm along for the ride, and if I get burned, I get burned. But I'm I'm all aboard the Iowa train when it comes to hey, you, when you, it comes to the you, you always you always have to get, ride that streak, man. Don't don't try to break the streak. <laughs> just just ride it. At this point, you know, every time the night, you know, when it was twenty eight and a half a couple weeks ago, and I thought, my God, I mean, I remember making a total when it was thirty, twenty eight and a half, and then we got to twenty seven, and now this week twenty six, nah. Keep riding the train, man, till it till it comes over. You might as well ride it. Oh, I love it. All right, and then we'll take a look at the uh, the Civil War. We got Oregon State, Oregon. Now, some of this lost their their, their luster, obviously, with with Oregon State losing that close one against UW. Um, 
so Oregon State now just trying to play spoiler. Oregon, they win, and they're on to the Pac-12 title game with UW that's already sitting there. And, you know, this is a 14-point spread. You know, Oregon at this point is crushing people. Oregon State doesn't get blown out. Where's the side of this game that you like? The side of the game I like, I, I, you know, Oregon has really turned it up ever since they played Washington. Yeah. You know, they, you know, they played them. They played them. You know, we saw everything was so close. 14 points is just an awful lot. Um, you know, myself, I, I, I was thinking going into this because I made the game Oregon 11 and a half. And if it was 11 and a half, I'd say, go ahead, lay the 11 and a half. 14 is an awful lot. Yeah. But, but I just, I don't know after coming off playing Washington that they're going to have much gas in the tank, Oregon State. So I, I would probably take the Ducks and, and just, you know, hope that they they cover in a situation like this. Um, it, it it's hard for me because Oregon State wants to grind it out and they want to keep it close. I it it's been a tough game for me. I mean, rivalry games are tough. Um, but I probably would lay the points only because Oregon's played so well. Yeah, Oregon looks so good right now. It's kind of like yeah, you, you just feel like at this point either you bet Oregon or you don't bet it at all. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much so. And uh, just to re- look back on what we had said before, because I had said, you know, Washington about minus three a couple weeks ago yeah. against Oregon in the in the Pac-12 championship. Well, now I ran my numbers again this morning uh, today, and I have Oregon minus six now. Mm-hmm. Um, just just with everything that they're doing, like I said, different team since they lost to Washington, they're out to prove a point. All right, now we got Ohio State going to the big house. No Jim Harbaugh. Number two versus number three. Michigan, a three-point favorite. Um, my, you know, if you listen to everybody talk about this game, seems like everybody's on the Michigan train. Oh, it's Michigan. It's on. I would go the other way. I just yeah. because I would take. Uh, I think I would take Ohio State either plus the three or plus three and a half, and uh, and go from there. I, I think that they, it's going to be close, but. I think the Buckeyes might actually pull this off. That's what I felt about UW last <laughs> with, with, with with Oregon State. When everyone and their mother says that it can't be done, and you got two yep. teams that are competitive like that, I I tend to be with you on that one. Lean the other way. I think there's some value there in Ohio State getting points. Who is playing a lot better offensively? Like if you just saw yeah. if you just saw Ohio State at the start of the year, it looked pretty ugly, but they're playing much better on that side of the ball and a defense that looks great. Yes, I did. Re- really turned it around. They, you know, it, after you get to this point now that, you know, when when quarterbacks get into their little groove, you know, get into their groove and like they they're peaking at the right time, uh, and I think I think it will serve them well against uh, uh, Michigan this week. Uh, and then what we got the Apple Cup sixteen and a half Washington right now. Uh, the Apple Cup will go on. They signed a five year uh, extension, but it's in Washington. Again, a lot of points there for a Washington team that hasn't necessarily been blowing people out. Uh, it, it is a lot of points. I made I made it fifteen. I, I, it would be really tough for me to lay sixteen and a half uh, with Washington, just because it's the Apple Cup and and you know uh, Washington State played really well last week. Kind of kind of back and forth with the way that they played, but it, it would be really tough to lay that big number. All right, and then uh, let's jump ahead and look at some of these uh, Thanksgiving games. Uh, the the big one here: Niners Seahawks sitting there at seven. Am I wrong? I just I I feel pretty good about the Niners only giving a touchdown there with a banged up Geno and the, the, the Niners look real good the last two weeks after their kind of three week uh, slide there. Yeah, I I think I would I will watch the, the the status of Geno and see exactly where he is because if he doesn't play, Drew Locke is 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 not the answer. He's not good. Um, 
I mean, I, I made the number with it. Say a healthy Geno, I would make San Francisco like minus four. Uh, so I would be inclined to take the points. But if, if you know, even as skeptical as I am about Geno, uh, I, like I say, I, I could not play them with – I would absolutely take San Francisco if, if Drew Locke plays because I think that they'll uh, – defensively, the, uh, the 49ers will just harass him all day long. And then what else we got? We got Green Bay and Detroit. Uh, in Detroit, uh, seven and a half right now with the uh, the Lions at home on Thanksgiving. I realize that, you know, Thanksgiving Day, Detroit's just better. And, and you know, they should win this game by 10 points, you would certainly think. Uh, just They're just that much better. Green Bay hasn't impressed me really at all uh, with the Jordan Love thing. No, I just, I, I, think, I think Detroit would probably be the side. And then the last one there on Thanksgiving, uh, the Commanders visiting the Cowboys, and that's at 13 and a half right now. Commanders coming that, off a horrible loss to the Giants, by the way. Horrible loss to the Giants, and it's and it's weird. You know, Washington goes and plays really well twice, really well against Philadelphia, and then just gags it against you know uh, uh, you know uh, the Giants. I couldn't lay those points. I mean, I would be very tempted to take the thirteen and a half just because. Um, that's it's just so many points. <laughs> what else uh, is on your radar? What it's the kind of the the hue bets of the, the week, or where is the the public laying a, a lot of cash with you guys right now? Public is laying a lot of money on. Uh, uh, they like the Cowboys this week, yeah. and they really they, they really like the Ravens. Believe it or not, they really like the Ravens and Ducks. Hmm. Um, Ducks Forty ers They're about they, they, those 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 teams. There are really where the public money is. Lots of lots of Duck money. I've heard from. You know, they, when I was up there earlier today, it seemed like that's about all I, I all I really heard was just lots of Duck money. Yeah. Anything particular that stands out for you? Uh, anything is well for for a college. I I tell you what I think I would take a, a Northwestern against Illinois. I would take Northwestern plus the six. I think that's a, so Northwestern's played. Look for what they went through all year with the coaching stuff, and yeah. they have come back. They played really really well. Give me six points against Illinois, and I believe I would take it. All right. Well, we uh, we appreciate you joining us as always, and uh, hopefully maybe you're up at uh, Michael Jordan Steakhouse tomorrow, grabbing a bite to eat or wherever you're going yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> We appreciate you holding us down, giving us a place to go up and, and bet. Uh, we're always grateful to have you on the program and wish you and everyone up there at ALNA a wonderful, happy, and hopefully productive Thanksgiving. And same to you and, and family. Yeah, that's good. Have a, have a great Thanksgiving, and I appreciate being on with you. It's a lot of fun. All right, Hugh, we'll, you. we'll catch you next week. Sounds great. All right, that is Hugh Offill of the uh, ALNA Sportsbook and Casino up there. And I didn't even think about that, but yeah, if you're sitting around and you don't have anything to do on uh, Thanksgiving, head on up there. Like I said, there's always there's always something to do. So, you know, if you're one of those guys that maybe you don't get along with the family or you live away from the family, no better way. There's a ton of football going on up there. Head up to the sports book. They do a great job up there. Swing it over to Michael Jordan Steakhouse, grab a bite, have a couple of beverages, and uh, hey, yeah, win a little money while you're at it. This bar will be a lot less lonely yes. than any other bar you could go to. This, if you want to go to a bar tonight, ALNA, that's the bar to go to. It's uh, a casino and there is a hell of a lot more to do. Obviously, the sports book as well. Dan Lanning coming up at uh, 4 o'clock when we come back, though. Uh, a bit of Jonathan Smith news that if I'm a Beaver fan, I'm not exactly thrilled about. That coming up next, primetime here on The Fan. This is Rivalry Week on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. Brought to you by P.G. Long. On 1080 The Fan. All right, Dan Lanning coming up here in about, uh, let's go, six minutes or so. He'll join us at the top of the hour for his regular uh, segment, Coach of the Oregon Ducks, as we 
head into the uh, the Civil War coming up on on Friday. Um, the other side of the coin is Jonathan Smith, and we've talked about this with the uncertain future of Oregon State. What does that mean for Jonathan Smith? Right, we're not certain what's happening with their conference affiliation. They're going to try to go independent for the next couple seasons, probably, and then kind of wait and see what happens. And I've said all along, to me, the biggest deal here for Oregon State is can you keep your players and can you keep Jonathan Smith? And I'm not saying that, that Jonathan Smith is gone, but Jonathan Smith gave an interview with a local reporter uh, yesterday, and I don't think it's great news if you're Oregon State. Um because he was flat out asked, have you had contact with other schools? We mentioned yesterday that his name keeps popping up in the Michigan State job. In fact, we heard yesterday that someone said that he was one of the top four and then moved on to the next round. Now, Dave Bartu always tells us, be careful listening to these things because most of it is horse nears or intentional leaks. So I'm not here to say that Jonathan Smith is a Final Four candidate or he's on the verge of taking the Michigan State job. But when asked, quite frankly, has he had contact with other schools, I think Jonathan Smith gave a very, very honest answer, which I appreciate, but I think it's also a very scary answer if you're an Oregon State fan. He said, I'm not trying to be sarcastic here. I've got an agent that's got a job. He's uh, He best be finding out what is out there and people calling. That's how it works. I can tell you from his side, he best be working just because I'm paying him so much. They get paid a percentage of what I'm making, uh, him a couple million bucks. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. Any coach, they're aware of what's potentially out there if their agent is doing their job. I'm not trying to dodge the question. I'm trying to be truthful. And I think that is a very, very honest answer. But I also think if, if I'm an Oregon State fan, that scares the living hell out of me. Uh, I mean, I do. I agree with you. It's a very honest answer. And it's one of the reasons why I like Jonathan Smith. I do, too. The, the style of just the man that he is and how he is up at that podium. I, Gosh, I'm just so sick of coach speak and press conference speak to hear a real answer from a guy that you know is strongly considering, you know, all right, weighing his options. Am I going to try to grab one and two star recruits here? Am I going to try to make this, you know, program to keep its like head above water while all these other programs are getting so much better quicker this or is tough. it is or is Michigan State or uh, frankly, I think Texas A&M is stupid if they don't call Jonathan Smith in this regard. And I, we don't and we don't know. We, we don't, don't know. We don't that All he said is his agent is obviously, you know, is out there taking calls. Yeah. His name has been out there. The one that we hear is Michigan State. But again, going back to Dave Bartu. How many times, you know, Dan Lanning certainly wasn't on the Oregon radar. Nope. We never heard about Dan Lanning until all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, Dan Lanning's going to be the guy. So there may be something to this, there may be nothing to it. I just think when you listened, we talked about last week when we listened to Dan Lanning, we listened to DeBoer, and you listened to Smith. Lanning was definitive. DeBoer's was, I want to be here, but pay me. And Smith's was, yeah, I'm going to be honest here. My agent's listening to people. That's not what you want to hear. It's just not. Did you expect to hear anything else, though? I was hoping, okay. if I'm a Beaver fan, that the connection between Jonathan Smith and Oregon State was enough. Yeah. Um, under any other circumstances, I think everyone would assume that your coach is gone in this sort of situation. That, that you know, Dickert may not have an option to go anywhere. But the legacy hire here. The I, legacy hire. Yeah. I thought the UCLA one scared me if they did fire Chip. Although now that they blew out USC, maybe Chip is safe because Smith is from Pasadena. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if the legacy, and I've, I've said this all along, I don't know Jonathan Smith that well. Personally, we've had him on the show a handful of times. I find him to be a a, a, a very uh, solid human being. I have a lot of respect for him. I think he's a hell of a coach. I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in the country. Is it enough to keep him there at Oregon State? I just said all along that this was going to be the biggest struggle with the getting left behind. Can you keep your players? Can you keep your coach? And Oregon State came out and released a statement. 
and and their AD and said, we've talked to Coach Smith, and he he loves our short-term and our long-term plan. We're working on getting him an extension. We're working on getting him more money for his assistant coaches. All the things that you're saying, because Oregon State is going to do whatever they can to keep him. But at the end of the day, this isn't what the players and this isn't what Coach Smith signed up for. And there's going to be other options out there. So whether it's Damian Martinez, whether it's Childs, whether it's Jonathan Smith, other people are going to come knocking. And with an uncertain future, how many of those people decide to answer that 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 knock at the door? And if I'm an Oregon State fan, that's just not the news I wanted to hear. Not saying he's gone. Not saying everything is 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 doom and gloom. I think that's tough. I think it's tough. And this offseason is going to be a very, very, um, I think, nervous one for Beaver fan to see where your program goes from here. Are right, we come back? Uh, Coach Dan Lanning joins us for his weekly talk in preparation of the Civil War and Thanksgiving right here on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.